0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the danger Room, the X-Men Comments Commentary Podcast. My name's Adam.
1: And my name is Jeremy.
0: And we're here to discuss Uncanny X-Men number 171 with a cover date of July 1983, which on sale April 5th of 1983, cover price of 60 cents. And this one's titled Rogue.
1: Not Rogue in the House?
0: No, that was the next uh solicitation from last issue. Got it. But but no,
1: Adam. There's a big controversy brewing on the internet. Is there? No, not really. But uh, there is something that I want to mention that maybe one of our listeners can help us with. I was going through trying to figure out some statistics on uh, X Men number one seventy, and uh, remember how we said the colorist was Jay Casey, and I was like Joe Casey, and you're like no, okay. Well, I'm not saying it is Joe Casey. But Comicvine.com reports that the colorist to X-Men number 170 is Joe Casey. But Wikia, .wikia Marvel.Wikia.com, they report the colorist as Janine Casey. Hmm.
0: Is there any follow-up as to either of these people's careers?
1: If you click on Janine Casey in Wikia, she's got no other uh, credits.
0: So she colored one issue.
1: That's That doesn't really make any sense, does it? I mean, could you really be just the colorist in one comic? Well, actually, according to this, it says she colored two comics, X-Men 164 and X-Men 170. Okay. That's weird.
0: And how many comics does your wikia say Joe Casey colored?
1: Wikia or Comic Vine?
0: Oh, I don't know what you're looking at.
1: Comic Vine is the one that said Joe Casey is the colorist.
0: Did he color any others?
1: Let's take a look. Um, hmm, this, he is credited in 564 issues. Uh, okay. <laughs> it doesn't really say like what his, I mean, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a writer, isn't he? Yes. He wrote like the bad run of X-Men. Yes. Um, I guess he could be a colorist, but it'd be kind of a weird, weird mix, wouldn't it? Well, comic line doesn't seem to, to say, but I'm Googling Joe Casey colorist.
0: You should also Google Joe Casey private eye.
1: See a private eye?
0: No, but might be fun. <laughs>
1: <laughs> nope. I don't know. But there you go. You got about two, two uh, wiki-based web pages that are both claiming to be um, official, not official, but uh, authoritative sources on comic books. And they can't agree on who colored the last issue of the X-Men.
0: Well, we should get them together in a room and have them fight it out.
1: <laughs> Cage match. Well, all right, enough of that. Let's talk about this cover, Adam.
0: All right, we got Rogue, remember her? No. Oh, well, she was in the last issue of Dazzler. I didn't read that. Yeah, you did.
1: <laughs> oh, did I?
0: I was in that episode.
1: Oh, yes, okay.
0: I'm in all the episodes.
1: It's actually, it's coming it's coming back to me now.
0: She's being chased through, it looks like some sort of gate by the X-Men. We're very angry at her.
1: Yeah, if I were to, I guess... Maybe this is like the the gates to the mansion, if I had to guess.
0: Yeah, that's what, that's what I'm guessing. It's very low key, uh, not a lot of detail cover.
1: It's not a very good cover in my opinion.
0: Storm and Colossus look very angry and Kitty looks kind of shrewd, but Nightcrawler is just kind of posing.
1: It says welcome to the X-Men Rogue, hope you survive the experience.
0: We we did that one already, didn't we?
1: I don't know. Did we?
0: Was, wasn't Kitty Pride welcomed to the X-Men Hope she survives the experience
1: I think anytime they introduce a new X-Men They they always say hope you survive Or hope you, you know, whatever it's
0: hmm. so, nice of them
1: Yeah, keeping it consistent for us I wonder if she survives the experience Well, let's open this book up and find out uh, This is written by Chris Claremont Walt Simonson is in as our guest penciler
0: Simonson or Simonson?
1: I don't know. Let's go with Simonson. It's only got one M. Okay. Simonson. Uh, Bob Wiesek is uh, the finisher or the inker, I guess.
0: Wiesek or Yasek? or check.
1: I'm going to go with, oh, it could be. There's. No, it's not CZ, so I'm going to go with Wiesek. Okay. I might be wrong. Uh, and then we got Tom Orzakowski on lettering.
0: Tom Orzakowski or Tom Orzachowski?
1: I'm going to go with Orzakowski because our X-Men 92 friends pronounced it that way.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Uh, Glynis Ween
0: Glennis Ween or Glynis Wine
1: I'm going to go with Glynis Ween Because I believe I've heard Len's name uh, Referred to as Ween Colorist Luis Jones
0: Luis <laughs> Jones or Luis Jones
1: Luis Jones Is the editor And uh, Jim Shooter Is the editor in chief
0: Jim Shooter or Him Shooter
1: Oh actually you're right mm, Shooter well, as we start this issue out, Storm is standing out in the fire. She's standing in the fire, and she's going,
2: more locks. by right of combat, I, Storm, am now your leader.
1: My word is law. This is a marked change from the last panel we saw Storm in the last issue. Is she wearing Callisto's jacket? It does indeed look like she's wearing Callisto's jacket.
2: And I'll take this. And this, oh, this looks like it'll fit me. All you homeless people must give me something of yours, preferably <laughs> clothing.
1: <laughs> and so she uh, she wants to change the rule that uh, she they the Morlocks can live away from humanity uh, a thousand feet below the streets if they want to, but they cannot uh, prey on the inhabitants of the tunnels. I guess.
0: Which I don't, I didn't really get that this was a problem. I mean, we know that Callisto went out once, or uh, not Callisto, um, well, we do know that Callisto went out and grabbed Angel, mm-hmm. so that's that's one thing where they preyed on the uh, Outworlders. And then we know that um, Caliban went out once, but uh, he just didn't really seem like he was trying to kidnap anybody.
1: Well, he was trying to kidnap Kitty.
0: Well, sort of.
1: He wanted some lovin'.
0: He's he's a very confused individual
1: Caliban Lonely um, I want to know what Gladiator is doing in the Morlock audience Oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's. I'm not going to say it's just because he's got the mohawk But he's got the mohawk and he's got the sideburns
0: I feel like that's like Rocksteady or Bebop before he got mutated
1: Oh, well he is in the sewers So some of that goo might have gone down there Yeah Was uh, Rocksteady and Bebop, were they uh, rhinos? Rhinos?
0: Well, one of them was a rhino, and the other one was a uh, a pig? Uh,
1: A warthog, probably?
0: Warthog, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yep, so Storm continues on. You can't attack people. You can't steal. You can't steal children.
0: Someone chimes in,
2: But they hunt us. We're mutants like you, Storm. Outcasts. Hate it simply because we exist. Why shouldn't we give as good as we get? Huh?
1: So there we go. We've got the whole backstory in one issue. The Morlocks live a thousand feet below the city. Mutants are mistreated. And if you're a new reader, you almost instantly know exactly what's going on.
2: Because I forbid it.
1: And she asks if anybody will challenge her. Apparently there's silence because she jumps down and says, I thought not. And this guy here with the green mohawk... He, to me, looks more like a Rocksteady or a Bebop.
0: What's the same guy.
1: No. Oh, it might be. Yeah, it's the same guy from the back. How do you know?
0: Because he's got a green mohawk. How many green mohawk Morlocks are there?
1: Because, oh. well, in the first panel, it, in my book, it's colored more of a uh, like a light bluish green color. But here it's like definitely bright green. And it's also kind of like a flat mohawk here, whereas the other one's curved. But you never know. You could be mm. right.
0: Jackets similar colored.
1: Yeah, yeah. All right, all right. Um, she says, uh, "Morlocks, do as I command." The alternative is too terrible to com- uh, contemplate. So she's threatening the Morlocks. That's silly. Well, <laughs> I think it makes some sense with what I think is about to happen to this character, and she also. I mean, I, and I, I
0: agree with you. I just think the the, the the all I have my 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 nitpick on this is just the line: the alternative is too terrible to contemplate is stupid. Oh, That's all.
1: You think she should be like, I'll freaking kill you? Yeah. <laughs> just don't bury the lead, just come right out with it and say what you mean, mean what you say. Yeah, okay. I believe it. I mean, yes, it's 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 kind of a word salady type thing that nobody ever would say. Right. <laughs> so she heads into a tunnel, I guess. Uh, it's it's kind of kind of weirdly drawn, but It's like the James Bond tunnel. It is like the barrel of a gun. Uh, in the credits of a James Bond movie. And in that barrel of the gun is Callisto. And she's up and walking. Storm wants to know why.
0: Give me back my vest jacket.
1: I'm cold. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Callisto threatens. She says, I will lead the Morlocks. And I'll have your heart in the bargain. So she is not giving up on this.
2: Don't push your luck.
1: Yeah, Storm grabs Callisto by the face, threatens her, picks her up like a baby, and gives her over to Sunder and says, put this girl back to bed.
0: You seem to be going out of your way to make an
1: enemy of Callisto. And Storm's rationale is good here. She's like, look, we can't show any weakness.
0: And uh, Nightcrawler says, perhaps, but the Aurora, I remember, would have at least tried. Yep. Which is, again, that's laying it on pretty thick. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's been what, like two issues? Yeah, yeah. Oh, this Aurora is—I I remember her so well.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, they're they're trying to set up this like Storm and Callisto are yin and yangs; they're opposites, they're nemesises. But yes, it's only been two like they they just met each other like twenty five minutes ago.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I just I think it's another dialogue issue that yeah. I have. I I just wish like instead Nightcrawler could say. Hmm, Aurora seems to be changing.
1: Yeah. Um <clears throat> Much simpler. You know, Done. He goes on to think that um Aurora would have uh, rather died than tried to kill another, yet she stabbed Callisto through the heart. Oh, and if it wasn't for one of the Morlock healers, she would have died. Aurora's changing before my eyes. Blah, 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 blah.
0: But what truly really terrifies me is she doesn't seem to mind.
1: Yeah. Mm. Mm.
0: We cut over to
1: Anchorage, Alaska. Yeah, and uh, near the footboard of a bed, a fire rages, although as close as we are in this fire, it almost looks Phoenix effect-ish.
0: I forgot about this scene.
1: Yeah, uh, it's illusions of phoenix anyways but as we zoom out we realize that we're in a bedroom uh, and a raging fire is going which it can't be safe because it's the middle of the night and and madeline pryor sleeping in her bed i mean this fire could you know spark could jump out it's kind of screen yeah but it's, there's an open area above the flame and when the sparks shoot out they shoot up not out and it'll be fine eh, well So she wakes up, and she's like,
2: no, dear Lord in heaven, no.
1: She
0: had a nasty dream, and uh, is she wearing the pajama top, and Scott is wearing the pajama bottom?
1: Dude, they just did it. Holy cow. I just
0: realized this. (laughs) Madeline is wearing, they're wearing the same pajamas, and she's got the top on, and he's got the bottom on. Huh. Huh.
1: They just got done. I mean, they've been dancing all night, and they finally got a hotel room. They they did it. After they got done, Scott went to go wash up. Madeline fell asleep. She had a nightmare, and now Scott comes running in.
0: No, I think what really happened is they didn't do it. We know that they made out for like five hours, and they were their lips were all chapped and stuff. <laughs> and uh, there was only one set of pajamas in the whole house, and... Scott was like, well, I'll take the top if you know what I mean. And she was like, no,
2: I'll take the top. You can have the bottom.
1: (laughs) Maybe. So she reaches out to Cyclops and she's like,
2: hold me as tight as you can. I need someone, something real
1: to prove that she's alive. She tells
0: him that she had a nightmare about her last flight uh, when she was a commercial pilot she ran into a freak storm. They lost an engine. She barely made it home. And as they touched down, the wing collapsed and we crashed. And everybody died in the explosion except for her.
1: It was a uh, flight, a long-haul flight into San Francisco. Does Is that, that I don't know. Where was Jamaica Bay? Isn't that San Francisco? I don't know. <laughs> don't we know where Phoenix died or re- was reborn? No. God's sake. This is an important detail that I'm going to look up. Wait, you
0: When Jean Grey died, they were coming back from space.
1: Well, I mean, when Jean Grey died and became the Phoenix, you know, when they crashed.
0: What lake did she crash into?
1: It was Jamaica Bay is what they crashed in. But I'm trying to, I don't know where, hang on. It's uh, when she, when she flies up and she's like, now
2: and forever, I am Phoenix.
0: That was Jamaica Bay.
1: And that is apparently uh, the southern side of Long Island. Okay, never mind. So I guess San Francisco's irrelevant.
0: Why isn't Jamaica Bay in Jamaica?
1: That's a really good question, Adam. That would have made sense. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and so she goes on and she's like,
2: I still have nightmares about it. September 1st, 1980. My own personal day of infamy.
0: Scott thinks to himself with a gasp, but that's the day that Gene
1: died. So is that... That so that to make this crystal clear that is the day that Phoenix died on the moon. Right. Got it. That makes sense. So San Francisco's truly irrelevant. Yes. Hmm. Okay.
0: Meanwhile in Beverly Massachusetts,
1: Carol Danvers is visiting her parents uh, and she's basically like, "Hey, I'm going to go do some stuff. Uh, and I got to go. It's good to see you."
0: And her her parents are very nice nice to her, but she she senses that they they can detect something slightly different about her and that she she believes that that's her emotionlessness that so, she has had ever since rogue stripped her from her powers
1: yeah evidently uh the professor helped her reconnect with her memories which honestly i don't really like that and i never thought that that's actually what happened i thought that once rogue had stolen her memories like that was it but apparently uh, the professor was able to restore as many many of her memories, not all of them, uh, but she so she has them, but she does not have the emotions to go along with them. So anybody that she ever loved, she remembers that person, but she I guess she doesn't remember the feeling of loving them. I don't know. It's kind of weird. Right. Yeah, this is
0: all recap stuff. We we, we discovered this when she was talking to Wolverine before, and she was like,
1: yeah, I remember that dude, but I, I think I loved him, but I don't really care anymore. Yeah. Uh, and so that's what she's like, I'm so mad about that. That's what makes me so angry. So I guess Carol Danvers' life is over, but binaries has just begun, and she flies away. Zoom.
0: <laughs> so we cut over to Professor Charles Xavier's School for Gifted Youngsters into Kitty and Ilyana's room.
1: Kitty is in full rage mode.
2: I'm gonna kill him.
1: Ilyana's like.
2: Is this really necessary, Kitty? The ex-baby stole my floppy disks. Then what is that underneath your keyboard? Oh my gosh, I'm a jerk. <laughs> you are. And she makes a squishy face.
1: It's kind of a funny squishy face, too. <laughs> it's like, I think I think Ileana just, like, farted bad. <laughs> and Kitty's like, oh, what did you eat? In the danger room, uh, 10 meters below the mansion, uh, Lilandra is working with the professor who's exercising his legs, but he's still still unable to walk.
0: Looks like he's she's pointing a radiation beam at his wiener.
2: <laughs> I want to make love to you, but first you must be sterilized.
0: <laughs> he's got some pretty beefy legs.
1: He uh, He's like for a man who's been incapacitated and... I mean, frankly, in X-Men number one, he was covered up in a blanket. He's buff.
0: Well, he's cloned.
1: Ah, he's a perfect physical specimen of his former self. Right. All right, fair enough. So he's like, oh, Kitty's been throwing a tantrum and I can't think. I need to meditate. Okay, I'm done meditating. I wish I could eliminate my phantom pe- pain as easily.
0: This Since when can he, like, wait, oh, okay. So the only reason that he can't tune kitty out is because of this psychosomatic pain so it's kind of similar to days of future past where in order to stand up uh the professor had to lose his powers remember
1: what
0: (laughs) in the in the movie days of future past
1: oh 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 right
0: when this guy tries to work out and he he he. It ruins. He gets psychosomatic pain, and it mess, messes with his abilities.
1: That's oh, that's kind of neat. I didn't really read it that way. I just read it that like Kitty's uh tantrum was so loud.
0: No, no. See, a, I thought that was really stupid from a but, mental perspective. But that that's not like. what's going on.
1: Uh, well, I mean, I also read it that like while he's concentrating on trying to move his legs, trying to get past the psychosomatic pain. His, like, psychic dampers are down, so he's taking in all of the, the psychic energy that's going around the building. And since Kitty's the la- loudest, he's like, oh, I can't concentrate.
0: It's right here. The psychosomatic pain I feel inhibits my psionic powers, especially my ability to screen out other people's thoughts.
1: Okay. He meditates for just, like, a second, and he's fine.
2: Let's make out.
1: Lelander's like, uh, we could play doctor. <laughs> and
0: she's like, no, seriously, I want to give
2: you an examination. Perhaps our condition isn't physics, uh, psychic in nature, but physical.
0: The professor is, uh, scandaled.
1: Yes. The, prof- uh, Colossus is in the kitchen. Apparently this is one of his first times cooking and he starts to, he decides to start with the easiest of things to cook, which is a quiche, <laughs> which is whatever. I
0: am no good with cooking.
1: <laughs> I will try quiche, though. Professor interrupts his cooking to say, "Someone is at the door, uh, Colossus." <laughs> and so he's like, "Oh, the professor called me Colossus. That means there might be danger. I'd better open the door as Colossus." And he does. He shifts.
0: Have they never like opened the door before? I mean, this is like, how come she didn't ring the doorbell?
1: Uh, I don't know. The professor seems to do this a lot. Like, somebody's at the door. You'd better go get it. Yeah. The thing that's kind of Stupid here is this whole, like, since the professor called me Colossus, I better answer the door in my armored form.
0: Well, you know what that is. It's it's the professor mentally telling Colossus to go into his armored form. Colossus just doesn't realize it.
1: <laughs>
0: it's a mental suggestion that, you know, Colossus interpreted. Yes. But he doesn't realize. He's been told to do this.
1: So as he opens up the door, we see a familiar green... Dressed woman with brown and white hair. Colossus says,
0: you. This is a pretty cool panel. Colossus is huge and she's very small.
1: Meek looking almost. She falls to the ground, I think. I don't think he punches her. No, no.
2: Don't hit me. Please don't hit me. I don't want to fight. I need the X-Men's help. I got to have it or I'm as good as dead. Sugar. Sugar. (laughs) Sugar.
1: And so the X-Men are all called up to the dining room or something, and they're all like, what?
0: Her name is Rogue, a memberhood of the sister brotherhood of evil mutants.
1: Uh, Through direct physical contact, she absorbs the abilities and memories of others. Yeah, Storm, we know. We've fought her before. Who are you talking to? You're not even looking at us. (laughs) Ever since this
2: thing with Callisto, you've been so weird. Oh, it's for Liliana
1: <laughs>
2: and Lalandra. We don't care. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, Night, or, Nightcrawler thinks it's a trap, but the professor's like, I've sci-scanned the area. There's nobody else here.
0: She's quite alone, and she's
1: she's shaking quite a bit. Trembling, you could say. She oh, just yeah, yeah. can't hold on to that tea that she's got.
0: I cannot effectively read your mind, Rogue. You possess two diametrically opposed thought patterns, one of them alien. It sets up an interference pattern I am thus far unable to penetrate.
1: You said penetrate. (laughs) Oh, wait. uh, That's the persona I absorbed from Carol Danvers when I absorbed her powers last year. Don't you remember? If you
0: don't remember, it was mentioned like five panels ago.
1: Let me tell you what happened. I didn't intend the transfer to be permanent. It was an accident. It's driving me crazy, professor. You gotta help me.
0: I think she did kind of intend for it to be permanent. I always got the impression that she was just trying to siphon everything as possible.
1: I don't know, man. I mean, that was back in Avengers number ten, um, and she was she absorbed everybody. She got all of the Avengers' powers.
0: Yeah, but for for some reason, she got she got extra long uh, an extra long experience with Carol Danvers.
1: Right. Yeah, I don't
0: know. I okay. go. It's an accident. I'll buy it.
1: No, I, 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 I would reread Avengers number ten, but I, I think it was like I didn't. I think it was an accident there too. But she's like, but as long as I got them, I might as well use them.
0: Yeah, I'm willing to chalk it up to you know first time holding on to that long sort of thing. Yeah, you know she didn't think she would keep the powers. She didn't she just know. What knew she happen. needed them, and we get another squishy face from Kitty.
2: You've got some nerve, Rogue. Asking that after all you've done.
1: Hush, kitty, go on, rogue, says the professor.
0: My powers are out of control. The slightest touch triggers the transfer. It's getting so I
2: don't know any more which thoughts or memories or feelings
1: are mine. Yeah, they lay on the southern accent pretty thick this uh, issue.
0: I am totally going for uh, was it? Was it, was it it's gone with the Wind.
1: Oh, Adam, I've never seen Gone with the Wind.
0: It's a good movie. It's four hours long, but it's a good movie. I hear. You can watch it in chunks. It's got a very long middle part where it's like a – what do they used to do with movies? They broke them into two parts and in the middle there was like a – Intermission. where <clears throat> it was just like 20 minutes of music.
1: Let's all go to the lobby. Little hot dog <laughs> videos. Uh, she looks in the mirror. She sees a stranger. Nightcrawler's like, <clears throat> uh, that's a most apt punishment for your crimes.
0: We haven't seen The Stranger in a long time.
1: In fact, we've never seen The Stranger, but we read about him in the files. <laughs> Rogue is still crying. She's like, I tried to make Miss Mystique understand, but she won't listen. She said we could work things out on our own. I love a Professor, but I need your help.
0: I need you, Professor Xavier. You're my only hope. You fought with my father in the Clone Wars.
1: <laughs> General Xavier uh kitty's not hearing and she's thinking to herself give me a break
0: kitty
2: i didn't say anything
0: your thoughts were plain enough to everyone in the room i'm going to project them to
1: everyone (laughs) i made everybody hear them
2: you're a (laughs) jerk i said so a couple of issues ago that's not fair.
1: you are not being fair to rogue is there any reason why we should be mine hair
0: and i really like this panel of uh the professor. He just looks really grumpy.
1: Uh, the one with him and Kitty. Yeah, yeah.
0: No, the next one where we can just see his ear.
1: <laughs> well, that's the panel you were reading from. I, like, I know. You can see grumpy ear. That's pretty good, Adam.
0: <laughs> I like Kitty in that panel, though.
1: What she says, Grumpy ear in. panel. Uh, the professor accepts their dislike and distrust, but she would rather. Uh, he, she would. He would rather conduct an a, an examination. Uh, without them and their negative emotions so close. So get out of my room, he says.
2: Are you sure this is wise, Professor? She is dangerous.
1: Lelandra and I can take care of myself and I'll get out.
2: Okay.
1: He looks over to Rogue and says, I believe we have nothing to fear from her, and she's kind of in a fetal position, shaking.
0: I have never heard him so angry. What did we do?
1: Should we leave them alone with Rogue?
2: Yes. Okay. You know the president knows what's best. Well, let's go to the danger room and work out some anger. Okay.
1: <laughs> so they go down to the danger room. Ilana and Kitty are upstairs. Kitty or Ilana's going to set up a scenario for the X-Men.
0: Yeah, she's come up with a special scenario for them. As soon as she turns it on, the X-Men are teleported into belasco's lair
1: belasco is there sim is there evil sexual assaulting nightcrawler is there caved in chest colossus is there i believe the skeleton of wolverine is there i think so yeah yeah although it looks like it has uh like a dorsal fin on the back but <laughs> i'm guessing that's supposed to be rib cage. Uh, and they're like, Belasco's there, and he's smiling, and we get a little backstory about what happened a few months ago, which we already know. But we do find out that she lived with Belasco in the, what, the six or seven years that she was in uh, limbo, and that she called the sorcerer Master.
2: Belasco.
1: Lana, well, have you flipped? What could you have been thinking of?
2: I'm aborting this sequence. Returning the room to normal. Why would you do that? You crazy? Hey, what's going on over there? Why are your eyes glowing red? <laughs>
0: <laughs> we uh we get a two-page spread of GI Joe the video game.
1: Oh, did I skip that?
0: Uh, it's between Velasco and the next page.
1: So, Adam, as soon as I saw that, like I said, I read from the 2005 scans for my initial read-through, and then I read through the masterworks for my sec. So, I never I never know exactly where the ads are, but whenever I see neat ones, uh i I stop, and especially this one it's a two page spread of g i Joe the video game, but Adam, tell me based on that advertisement what video game system g i Joe is for
0: um, I'm assuming it's for Atari
1: well, that's a good assumption because it is, but nowhere on there does it say g i Joe <laughs>
0: Says right here for your Atari Video Computer System and Sears Video Arcade.
1: Yeah, but it's like in the bottom lower right-hand corner in small text, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I
0: mean, how many video game systems are there at this time? It's not like anybody is like, "Oh, what's what's a video game?" Either they know or they don't.
1: Well, there's a Coleco and there's Intellivision, and that's probably
0: is. We know there's an Intellivision because there was an ad for it, but I bet this game is available on Intellivision and Coleco.
1: I looked it up, Adam. It is not. It is only available on the Atari Twenty Six Hundred, and I was so uh, uh, taken. I didn't. I didn't realize there was a GI Joe on Atari. Uh, that I immediately went to eBay and bought myself a copy. yes and there's multiple versions there's because atari they had like different styled carts and different styled labels and such so there's one that just says gi joe and that's it there's like no picture anything and there's another one with like a full color picture of who's the guy with the blonde hair and the beard i know that that's half the joes but like in the original lineup (laughs) zap sure Uh, i don't think it was zap grunt maybe grunt but rock and roll yeah i don't know Now you're just saying names, Adam. (laughs)
0: No, no. These are all the original Joes. I know they are. Let's see if I can name them all. Uh, Stalker, Snake Eyes. Duke was second generation. Yeah. Um,
1: Did they have a leader for the first generation? Because, I mean, Hawk wasn't there.
0: No. I mean, you know, in the show they had Duke, but...
1: Right. But the show came out with, like, the second wave of figures.
0: Right. And then in the cartoon they had Hawk. He didn't come around until, like, the he was, he was an add on. Originally he was an add on to the, uh, that gigantic, uh, bathtub toy.
1: (laughs) Oh, was he? Uh, the, the USS flag.
0: Yeah. The flag
1: he was, I thought it was, I thought it was just the like Admiral. Oh, was he Admiral Hawk?
0: I think it was Admiral Hawk or
1: could be, I had the general Hawk action figure, but that came out like third or fourth or fifth wave.
0: Yeah. That was like fifth wave or something.
1: Yeah. That was way late, but he was, uh, wasn't he the leader in the comic book? I mean, Duke was there, but I thought most of it was all about Hawk. Oh, yeah.
0: Hawk, Hawk was there right away.
1: Yeah. He
0: was in the first issue.
1: That's weird. Well, at any rate, so I think it's rock and roll or... It's, I don't think it's Zap. I think Zap has uh, black hair, but... I
0: don't. Yeah, I don't think... It, Zap's the one with the bubble gum.
1: Yes. Or is that Breaker? Oh, Breaker. I think Breaker yeah. has the bubble gum.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> uh,
1: anyways, so... Uh, I bought the one that's got the full color picture of the Joe with the blonde hair and the beard and his gun. This looks like a
0: pretty cool game. Cobra is looking for a few bad men, and GI Joe is looking for a few good men. Looks like you have to dodge a giant snake that shoots bullets down.
1: I I think I think what it is is it's it's that screen. So you have the Cobra snake in the background, and then you've got like three little figures in the foreground. And so if you play Cobra, you control the snake shooting the little guys in the foreground. But if you play G.I. Joe, you control the little guys in the foreground and you shoot at the snake. So it's literally the same game. You just control two different elements.
0: That's what it looks like to me.
1: Supposedly, there's like a really fun multiplayer mode or co-op mode or whatever you want to call it on an Atari where the two of you can play G.I. Joe or the two of you can play Cobra. And I guess there's probably a mode where you could probably play against each other. Mm. So
0: I have a feeling that based on this text that that's not what it is. You don't think so? If you play the Joes, it sounds like you shoot at the Cobras.
1: Yeah, yeah. The, the Cobra snake in the background.
0: Well, no. The Cobra snake in the background becomes a Joe and you're shooting at little Cobra dudes. That's what it sounds like from this description. All right, That's well,
1: all I'm saying. Well, as soon as I get the game and I plug it in, I'll be ready to tell you.
0: You will find
1: out. But the other thing that, that, that caught me off guard, maybe? A, I didn't know it existed. Not that I know that of every video game that exists, right? I'm not that extensive. But I've read a lot of comic books and I've seen a lot of um, ads, right? There are certain ads that when you see them, you're like, I remember that, right? Like, uh, um, uh, Bonkers Chews, right? Do you remember those? Yep. The candy. I mean, you remember seeing the advertisement or the, the, um, the Chips Ahoy cookie maze? Yep. Yep. See, the, like those things. As soon as you see them, like, I remember that. I saw that GI Joe ad. I'm like, I've never seen this before. <laughs> and so then I, I, I skimmed through like the next three or four issues of the X Men to see if I could find more GI Joe advertisements, and I couldn't. More Lock and Chase, uh, more Tron, more game Frogger, games like that, but but no G.I. Joe. So I'm like, huh, weird. I don't know. It piqued my interest, so I bought it. Cool. <laughs> so yeah, there you go. I look
0: for your video game review.
1: <laughs> yeah, it'll be out in three years. <laughs> Anyhow, I just like to keep our listeners apprised of the current goings-on of our, of, of well, G.I. Joe. Not that they're current, but...
0: I'm sure they all
1: appreciate it, or they're all like, get back to the comic book. Nobody cares about your baby action figures. Let's talk about <laughs> some real X-Men stuff. Yeah, so um, Ileana is got red glowing eyes, and she whips out a sword from nowhere. Where did that sword come from? She runs towards Kitty, and she slices at Kitty, who does manage to phase, but...
2: I was phasing. The blade should have passed harmlessly through me. My cheek,
1: I'm bleeding. So even though she phased, the blade was still able to cut her. It's very lightsaber-ish. Yeah, uh, it'll change (laughs) over time. But you're right. It is definitely a lightsaber at this point. It's got a little skull in the um, hilt. Is that what you call that?
0: Well, the blade itself isn't a lightsaber. The blade is very... uh, energy-esque, but the the hilt is very lightsabery.
1: Yes, the handle, the hilt. The handle, yeah. Whatever you call it. Uh, Anyway, so Kitty's like, she
2: doesn't recognize me!
1: So she ends up kicking the sword away from Ilyana, and as she does, the sword fades away, and Ilyana comes back, and she's like,
2: what? I saw Belasco! Kitty, where am I? I
1: remember! And she collapses into Kitty's lap. The X-Men run in. They're wondering, like, why is Ilana crying?
2: It was an accident. She wasn't paying attention when she programmed the simulation. She kind of freaked when she saw Belasco. She'll be fine, guys. Okay? Just give it some time. It's no big deal. Okay? Please?
0: (laughs) Uh, I don't think it's going to be okay, but... Yeah, we'll just we'll just kind of walk away right now.
1: Okay. Um all right. So they do uh Storm goes up into her attic. Um and I got to be honest, Adam, the 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 many times in the X-Men comics Storm will go up into her attic, have a little internal monologue and water her plants, and I always just find them boring.
0: Well, you know, this is the Crossroads episode. She she changes into her
1: uh
0: robe, golden robe and uh her plants her plants need some water so she she plants them but her emotions are all over the place and she ends up uh destroying a lot of them
2: my rain shower has grown into a full-fledged storm it is destroying my plants my poor plants
1: she's yeah so she's having an internal struggle but she knows there's changes she doesn't know why she wishes she could go back and be a uh, goddess uh, back in Africa, but now the professor took her away, made her an X-Man. So she's a little bit mad at the professor for kind of taking her from her life and putting her in positions where she's had to do things that she wouldn't normally do. And that's and when she the... shows
0: that because the professor calls her right then and, and says, Thor, my examination is, uh, of Rogue is finished. Please report to my study. And that's when she tosses a knife that she happens to be holding and says...
2: It is because of you that I became an X-Man, old man, and that decision is destroying me.
0: And she showed it right through the professor's head.
1: Right through his telepathic projected head.
0: Right. Which you would think he would see.
1: Well, it was apparently, you know, just as he was breaking his Psylink, as he says, As I broke my Psylink with Storm, I caught a thought flash from her. She is unusually disturbed. She probably just doesn't like you. (laughs) Well, if it's important, she'll talk to me later. But for now, we've got other things to talk about.
0: (laughs) Have you probed deeper to learn why? That will have to wait. If it's a serious problem, she'll tell me.
1: So, I'm not going to ask. I'm not going to worry about it. So, uh, the professor calls all the X-Men in and says, Hey, I've questioned Rogue. Um, You know...
0: I think I think she's being totally honest, and I've decided to admit her to the school. And uh, in order to throw all caution into the wind and throw a derisive element into the team, she's an X-Man now.
1: What? Everybody says. Sort of. That's a
0: stupid decision.
1: Seriously, Professor? World's stupidest idea, Professor. She got there like an hour
0: ago. Huh, she's an X-Man. Why not? Why not give her like... Instead of making her an X man as a promotion as a probationary member, why not give her a probation probationary epi- uh, t- timeline as a student? See how that
1: goes. Yeah, or or make her a m- new mutant.
0: Oh, she's too old to be a new mutant.
1: I don't think she is. I think we learned that she's only like sixteen or seventeen years old. Not not in this issue, but
0: aren't they like thirteen and fourteen though?
1: Yeah, she could be a senior. Yeah, Yeah, I know. I, I get what you're saying. It's it's kind of a rush to uh, bring her into the team. It seems like it would kind of screw up the whole team dynamic.
0: Yeah, really. And then uh, Storm responds correctly and says,
2: No,
1: I'm out of here. If you are going to have her, then I'm out of here.
2: You know Rogue's history. Are we expected to fight beside someone we do
1: not dare not trust who might betray us at any time? And meanwhile... Binary, who's apparently just been flying around since her visit with her parents, lands at the mansion, walks into the living room, and punches the crap out of Rogue through the roof of the newly rebuilt mansion.
0: It's kind of nice. We get a panel of her landing, then we get a panel of her entering the entrance, then we get a faraway panel of the mansion, and then we get just a shot of Rogue flying through the roof.
1: And it's a great panel, too. The perspective is perfect. I mean, a lot of times some of these artists try perspective shots and they they don't work, but this one does. Uh, And I think to emphasize the motion, uh, uh, Rogue is is blowing right past the panel. Half of her face is out of the panel. Yeah. And she is punched into space.
0: It's true. (laughs) My goodness. I've been hip before, but never like this. I don't know who that hussy is or why she slugged me. But I aim to make her regret it. I don't think this was Xavier's doing. He looked as surprised as the X-Man.
1: So she flies... She's like she's next to the moon, for, for, for God's <laughs> sakes. So she's flying back down to the planet's surface. And at this point, aren't you like, I gotta go to Westchester, but... I'm in space, (laughs) uh, and I don't exactly know where I'm going, but she's able to go down. She's able to precisely pinpoint the mansion, again, flying from practically at the moon. Uh, Yeah. So she flies down, and and, uh, everyone's like, whoa, that
2: was some punch. Where did you go?
1: Binary goes outside. Rogue flies in to go in for another punch, I guess. But instead of laying one on Binary, she gets punched across the face.
0: This time she doesn't go back into space, but she goes straight into a tree. Colossus grabs Binary. Binary, no more.
2: Let me go, you big Lomox. I don't want to hurt you, Peter.
0: You will have to if you wish to continue this fight. Is that what you want?
1: Which is weird because the X-Men are all like, uh, we don't want her on our team. We don't like her. We don't trust her. But as soon as Binary lands and starts punching her, they're like, hey. hey
0: the professor said she's on the team. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, but and that's kind of what I thought was like they'd come around and now Binary's attacking her, so they're like, Alright, she's part of the team, we we better defend her. But I don't really get that from the next few pages.
0: Things happen fast in the X-Men universe.
1: Yeah, but I mean just as quickly as they're defending Rogue, they just throw her back under the bus.
0: Well, that's true.
1: Um so the professor comes out and they're like, Hey, leave Rogue alone. She's under my protection
2: how can you say that, Charles? You know better than anyone what she did to me.
1: Storm comes out and says, The child repents, my friend, and has been forgiven. Behold, our newest X-Man. And when she says that, you're like, Oh, so Storm's okay with this now.
0: Well, no. I think the problem is you can't read the inflection. I, I think I think she's being very sarcastic.
1: So i i after reading the next few panels, I go back to that panel and I completely agree with you. I just wish that maybe it had been italicized or an asterisk or something that says like heavy sarcasm because you read it and you're like, oh, well, Storm's seen the light. Right.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: And even Binary's like, is this true? I would have thought you wouldn't be capable of such cruelty. I'm assuming that Binary's talking to the professor at this point. Right. I I still don't have any, based on what we've seen, I don't have any uh, impression that, that Storm is being sarcastic with her comments.
0: What are you talking about? What's my life got to do with you? We never even met before today.
1: Binary transforms from binary into Carol Danvers, and Rogue's like, oh.
2: Oh, never mind. (laughs) The woman whose life you destroyed, Rogue, except now I possess the same power as you, so it's like nothing ever happened. Except I can't remember anything.
1: So then, then Storm says... Professor, if Rogue stays, I go. And then you're kind of like, all right, that thing she said four panels ago, if I remember that, five panels ago, was probably sarcastic.
0: My apologies, Herr Professor, but we all go. And Colossus says, well, actually, I would like to stay.
1: (laughs) I have a quiche in the oven. Um. (laughs) I also
2: would like to stay. I worked really hard to be an X-Man. And I have a floppy disk that I just found that's got my homework.
1: So the professor lays it on thick. Oh, I see. We get to pick and choose who we help, huh? Some are worthy and others aren't, huh? Wasn't it you who told us that Wolverine should be an X-Men, not because of his sterling character, but for his potential for good? That's what you said. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, Blah, blah, blah. To deny him, though we abhor his violent nature, would be to deny our own true reason. So the same argument holds for Rogue, does it not? Of
0: course there's a risk at accepting her, but consider the alternative. At least with us, she has a chance for a better life. Deny her and we condemn her outright, and that I will never do to any mutant, so long as Breath remains with me, which is a great speech, except why is she on the X-Men? <laughs> well,
1: the professor's got a big heart. Maybe she doesn't even want to be on the X-Men. Uh, professor, I just need help. I don't want to fight on a team. <laughs> Uh, and this is where Colossus comes around. And he's like, duh, I trust you, so I will stay." And I ask that my friends do the same.
0: I wasn't planning to quit anyway.
1: <laughs> and Kitty's like,
2: "Well, I'll stay, but I don't like her, and I don't have to. I won't like her
1: ever." All right, mine fruit or mine hair, you win. The professor ex- asks Carol what she thinks, and Carol's like, "I'm not even X Man, but uh." I, I guess I respect your decision, but I don't trust her, so I'm out of here.
0: I got no reason to forgive her, and I got no ties.
1: Yep, that makes my decision easy. I'm not an X-Man, and all of a sudden, I'm glad.
2: <laughs> Zoom!
1: She flies away. Zoom.
2: Will she be back?
1: In her, in her own time, perhaps, Fräulein, when the hurt is less. The professor calls over, wants to know what Aurora's or- or- decision is. And she's like, well, I, you know, I don't know. Carol's a friend. The professor's my professor. We both got good points. I got to make a decision for myself. So she walks off and thinks more.
0: What now, Windrider? She doesn't really come to a conclusion. Um, she wishes she were a goddess again, but she's only human.
1: Whatever I choose, I will no longer be the woman I was. But what will I become? Aurora or Storm? Which is it to be? Next issue, Scarlet in Glory. However, Adam, my Masterworks goes to the Wolverine miniseries next. Yes. So.
0: Spoilers. Next issue, Wolverine.
1: And I've never read the Wolverine miniseries.
0: That's crazy.
1: It is crazy, isn't it?
0: I've read it many times.
1: Is it? Is it awesome?
0: It's one of those books that, like... When you read as a teenager, it's like one of a super important comic book. Okay, I'd be curious to as you as an adult may not may not. Uh, we'll see how well it's aged for a new reader. I'm very curious.
1: Yeah, I mean the only Wolverine mini series that uh, I've read. Uh, actually, I haven't read any of them. I've only read uh, a single issue when I was in. I want to say first grade second grade third grade of kitty pride and wolverine it was like issue number two and that's it
0: well that is coming up as well
1: yeah so good times abound good times so i read dazzler no i didn't there's no dazzler
0: <laughs> i did read a defenders however but don't you have to give us the uh the the, the mid episode uh noise
1: yes the mid episode noise well Actually, we're breaking all kinds of form. We've got some communications that we received. uh, Two in the form of drinks and then an iTunes review. Uh, One drink here that that Daniel Tudun sent, which looks uh, refreshing and delicious, though I have not yet tried it. He is calling it The Beast. Um, And I'm not sure if it's a work in progress because he says, I think I am on to The Beast drink. Uh, But it's two parts vodka, three parts blue caracol. Cacao, which I don't know what that is. Cacao, cacao, yeah. What's that?
0: It's uh, is it, triple sec. It's is blue it dyed. It's it's blue dyed triple sec.
1: Oh, because then it's got one part sweet and sour and one part triple sec.
0: Yeah, triple sec is a uh, orangey flavored uh, kind of. It's a liqueur, uh,
1: right? Yeah, yeah. So that seems like a very boozy drink.
0: It seems like a very sweet drink because cacao and uh, triple sec
1: and sweet and sour.
0: Well, well also being the same thing, are both very sweet.
1: So I guess the blue curaçao would be for the color obviously.
0: Yes. I think you could probably drop the triple sec, but you know, let, let let us let us know, Daniel Tudun. How important is the triple sec?
1: Yeah. I would almost and when when we say sweet and sour is that like is that like um here's my uh my my lack of knowledge on drinks. But is that basically like Seven Up or Squirt or something, or is that actually a sweet and sour liquor?
0: You can buy sweet and sour in a bottle, or you could simply squeeze uh, a lime and a lemon into your drink.
1: Okay, so sweet and sour is like grenadine—that that that cherry yeah. juice, which has no booze, but it's a, a fruity mixer. Right. Well, it looks delicious.
0: I'm sure it's. I'm sure it is. Actually, I have most of these ingredients. Maybe I'll go have one after this.
1: <laughs> you should save it for next week, Adam, and report back to us and let us know what you think. Or, or maybe take a take some 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 liberties with this recipe. See what you can come up with. Okay. There's got to be like uh you know with cooking. There's got to be like a you know you have, you have your base, and then you have either your sweet, salty. what what a sour umami those types of things i mean do drinks typically have lots of ingredients
0: well here's the thing if you're at a bar yeah there's probably got a couple ingredients Mm -hmm. but if you're if you're at somebody's party you probably only want two things rum and coke that's the drink
1: gin and tonic
0: gin and tonic
1: moscow mule that's got three ingredients though
0: yeah but at a party who wants to prepare those you know it's just like you know
1: Me, man. Last barbecue we had, I was mixing up Moscow mules left and right. That's just three ingredients.
0: Doesn't that keep you really busy, though? No. Wouldn't you rather be, like, enjoying your friends' companies?
1: I'm enjoying their company as I provide them a drink. All right. Fair enough. (laughs) Not everybody was drinking the Moscow mules. Just, you know, just a handful of people.
0: I, I do enjoy, like, parties that are designed around making different kinds of drinks. That's always fun. But I like to make, like, a big batch.
1: Oh, Okay. Well, I mean, you don't make a big batch of rum and Coke.
0: Right, right. Yeah. No, those you just make on the fly.
1: Right. What What would you make a big batch of? Like wapatooey? Oh, actually, I know. Uh, My wife used to, she used to carve open a pineapple and then fill it with stuff. I don't know what she filled it with. And then all night long, you basically, well, you had punch basically, but it was. Yeah, that
0: sounds delicious. Uh,
1: spiked pineapple punch. Right. Yeah. Okay. You had a recipe, didn't you?
0: Uh, Yeah, we got a we got a letter from listener Alex Axel, which is a super cool name. Um, Hey, Adam and Jeremy, I discovered your lovely podcast back in April shortly after your episode on Uncanny X-Men 165. And as a few minutes ago, I have now listened to every episode. Welcome to the present. (laughs) The podcast is hilarious and informative. I especially love the coverage of the appearances of X-Men in non-X titles. I appreciate your hard work and thoroughness and hope that in the weeks, months, years to come, you continue to leave no turn unstoned. Hmm. Was that on purpose?
1: (laughs) Uh, there was either some dyslexia or purposeful dyslexia. Either way, it's a nice phrase. Yeah, I like it. I like it too.
0: It sounded to me like you guys reached consensus regarding what to do about the other X-Books, but if you're still taking suggestions, I think you should do a brief summary of each, each issue of the New Mutants at the end of each episode in the same way that you covered the craptastic classic X-Men. Oh, Those were pretty in-depth. And when X-Factor begins, you could cover that more like how you've been covering Dazzler. Those are less in-depth. Mm. Anyway, I know you guys are looking for X-Drinks, and with the first appearance of Callisto coming, I thought you might try... The Callisto.
1: And what is in the Callisto?
0: One ounce of dark rum, one ounce of Jagermeister, one ounce of blackberry brandy. Pour into a sugar-rimmed highball glass filled with ice. If you have sugar crystals, that's best. Otherwise, plain sugar will do. Pour in Dr. Pepper to fill the glass. Give it a stir and enjoy. That is a sweet drink.
1: So I get the idea here, but I think I would... And I like it, and I'm not I'm not trying to take a crap on your drink here, but I would think that uh, you would want to, because it's Callisto, she's a Morlock, she's living in the sewers.
0: Well, you know, I had this weird theory about this, uh-huh. and that is the dark rum directly relates to, wasn't Callisto also a character in Pirates of the Caribbean?
1: Oh, I don't Who know.
0: Drank a lot of rum?
1: Maybe. I mean, Callisto's a name that's used all through literature.
0: Yeah, so I don't know. I think maybe the connection is there.
1: I I, I get it. It's uh, but but what I would have done, what I would do for a Callisto drink, I love the Dr Pepper. It's a great idea, uh, and I like the Jägermeister because that's what you do. Like if you're homeless and you can scrape up a couple of bucks, you get yourself a bottle of Jägermeister. Uh, I think I might just go Dr Pepper and Jägermeister and call it the Callisto. Hmm. Right? It's not Interesting. a it's not a good drink, but you can pick it up for darn cheap. <laughs> but anyways, no, I I, I like the. Uh, the other one seems like a more more fanciful version of that. He
0: also signs the email Quentin Quire, oh. who, as we know, is an is a is a future X Man.
1: Uh, we do. I guess you do. You've read Grant
0: Morrison's Run?
1: No, we've been no. through this, Adam. I've only read uh, i've I've read the initial three issues where they kick off the Grant Morrison series. Oh,
0: that's it. Well, I'm forgetting that forever. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I have those issues. And I have, I think I have the second half of the Grant Morrison run in comic form, but I don't have the first half. So I'm told the second half isn't as good as the first half. And I'm not going to read the second half until I read the first half, right? Because that's ridiculous.
0: The art gets really bad. So, which is sad.
1: Yeah. No, I really, uh, the, the, well, we've talked about this before, but the three issues, the initial kickoff where I think uh, they meet – you get the Sentinels. They go to the Sentinel City and you meet Cassandra Nova and all that sort of stuff. Uh, fantastic storytelling fantastic art.
0: Did you read Wolverine and the X-Men at all?
1: I read a little bit of Wolverine and the X-Men.
0: Also featured Quentin Quire.
1: Who is Quentin – is that his name or is
0: – Yeah, that's, that's his that's – his, I don't know that – oh, I think he's Kid Omega or something
1: like that. Oh, okay. Was he in? Uh, He's the one with the pink hair. Okay. Was he in New X Men at all? Remember that series?
0: That's the Grant Morrison run.
1: Well, oh, no. That, oh, uh, um, wasn't there a a different New X Men where there was? Oh, like uh, yeah. Kids? I think
0: there. I think there was, and that was like more like New Mutants. I don't yeah. know if he was if he was in that or not. I think I actually have most of those.
1: I read a, a bunch of those, but I I guess I don't. Well, whatever. I don't remember. We'll we'll get there when we get there, Adam. So yeah.
0: Quentin Quire
1: Quentin Quire also left us some feedback On the iTunes page Simply saying awesome
0: Yeah we love those awesomes
1: Thank you Yeah and so if you would like to join in Hold on,
0: on, oh. hold on. We also got a letter on the uh, The web page Oh we did Yeah this is a follow up from I'm going to get this wrong Gabrielle uh, Ochoa oh. Or Gabe as he tells us Okay um, he is a dude and he was cracking up about the gender confusion we had. He's sorry to confuse me. And, uh, he says, call him Gabe. I guess, I guess you must've done a giggle, a girl giggle. Cause he said it's awesome. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that is awesome, Adam.
0: He says he would love to see a young Xavier come into his own as a follow-up, He had a, he had a question of what we would do with the X-Men if we, if we were writing them now. And he says, before the X-Men, there was Charles and his clique of muties. I can see a a TV series about this, kind of like the Gotham TV series, which I think is a pretty awesome idea. Like a a Gotham-style X-Men series, where Professor X is just one of the X-Men. I like it.
1: Yeah, I like it too.
0: He agrees with you 100% that the comic uh, needs to be more science-based when it comes to mutant powers. It doesn't have to be exact science, but should be realistic and he wants to send us a drawing of how it may be for the x-men to really use their abilities in the field if we're okay with that he warns us that he has no jack kirby or jim lee and it will take some time but he wants to send us some fan art to which i say of course yeah we love fan art heck yeah we love, love everything uh, uh, he's got some more questions fire from the time we began this podcast who has is our favorite X Men penciler
1: and why? Mm, that's a good question. I would actually have to say that I go back to um, good old what's his name Neil Adams. Yes, <laughs> I'm glad you knew that, Adam.
0: I I knew it had to be between between uh, Neil Adams and and John Byrne.
1: I like John Byrne, but I think based, yeah, I don't know. I would – I don't know. I guess from a historical perspective, I'd have to say that John Byrne is probably more important to the pantheon and the legacy of the X-Men than Neil Adams. But as we read through the run, like, it got really bad. And then Neil Adams kind of just showed up and, like, said, this is ridiculous. I want to fix this. And he swung it and came up with some great stories, some great art, et cetera. I mean, I guess the writer had something to do with the stories, but – you know, Marvel method and everything. So I guess I would go with Neil Adams.
0: I would probably go with Neil Adams as well, with a caveat that historically more important than John Byrne was Jack Kirby.
1: Okay, fair enough. Right. But I, I said between Neil Adams and John Byrne, it would be John Byrne. But ah, but definitely in in the entirety of the X-Men, Jack Kirby would have that mantle, show. Sure. Probably,
0: Probably one of the most important artists of all time in comic books
1: i bet you there's some guy out there that would argue that point with you but not me i would agree
0: who do you think can jump higher toad or beast
1: toad i feel like this has been covered i'm gonna say an issue probably toad
0: yeah i don't think beast is really a jumper
1: no nah, not He's, too much
0: it's more of a climber Yep. uh and yeah. flight when the storm flies what is your opinion on how that would look what dynamics would come into play
1: Um, I take my answer from essentially what I read from the old Marvel superheroes role playing game in which Storm's flight power was very low on the rating scale because if you think about it she's 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 flying but her flight is based on riding on the winds so she it would be I think it would be a bit clumsy although she is elegant enough and athletic enough to make it look elegant but she wouldn't be able to like turn on a dime or like fly super fast or anything like that.
0: Wow. That was an incredibly detailed answer.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Whereas Rogue, on the other hand, she's like Superman. She can up, down, left, right, fly super fast, carry a whole bunch of people, all that stuff.
0: Cool. I don't have an answer, but I like <laughs> yours.
1: You can borrow it.
0: <laughs> thank you for the uh, letter, Gabe. Yes. Thank and, you very and much. And the questions. We always like talking about random stuff.
1: Yeah, so if you'd like to ask us some questions or pontificate with us, send us some fan art, send us some fan music, share a drink recipe, uh, or just a uh, nice thought, you can do so by visiting us at www.xmenpodcast.com or you can go to facebook.com forward slash Danger Podcast. You can follow us at Danger Room Go We're available on Stitcher. We're available on iTunes. You go into iTunes, you type in Danger Room at the little search bar. We're the only podcast with that name come up. Subscribe to us. Leave us a review, whatever you want to do. All of the episodes are up there. Um, And you can also call us, as we did have a listener do last episode at 501-GET-X-MEN. You make that phone call on your cell phone, and it is for real. For real? Might use some of your minutes, and we're not liable for those minutes. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> so it's sort of free. <laughs> sort of
1: free. Uh, yeah, and that's that's about it, right, Adam?
0: I think so. Yeah.
1: Sure. Uh, yeah. So, um, I didn't read Dazzler because she's bi-monthly. I was gonna read New Mutants, but I didn't. But you did, so I'll let you cover the rest of it. Uh,
0: New Mutants number what are we on? Five. Uh, not a whole lot happens, but they are they are facing off against Silver Samurai and Viper, both of who are. Wolverine characters,
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, well, both have history in the Marvel universe, but they would they will eventually become uh, major characters in Wolverine's history.
1: Wolverine Nemesis's so size, yes, but not yet, right?
0: Not yet. Uh, and I read Defenders number one hundred and twenty-one, which case uh, where the team catches up with uh, Hellstorm in, in the monks monastery and they fight miracle man, um, throughout the whole issue. Beast is trying to get everybody to work as a team and, and not at, uh, and not at one at a time, which is kind of ironic. In fact, like, he even, he even says if this were like the X-Men or the Avengers, this wouldn't fly. And I'm just thinking to myself, you don't remember working in the X-Men, do you?
1: That's the only way the X-Men know how to fight.
0: It's the only way beast knows how to fight. <laughs> um, they they win.
1: Of course they do.
0: <laughs> um, they manage to pull the evil uh, essence of Demon Hellstorm out of him. Because they need to. Okay. And the Miracle Man gets beat. His powers are pretty impressive, though. He's kind of like, he's very godlike. but
1: I would imagine he's that he's got miraculous powers.
0: Yes, very much so. Uh, the most important part of this was that Next issue, among other things, the Iceman.
1: Oh, does he cometh?
0: The Iceman cometh.
1: Is that what it says? No, it just oh. says the Iceman. <laughs> all right. The Iceman
0: exclamation mark.
1: Finally, another X-Man gets to join the defenders.
0: Yay! Can Angel be that far away?
1: I can't imagine.
0: I think it's two issues, but
1: yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, alright, cool. I don't have anything else, do you?
0: I do not have anything else. Do you have anything else?
1: No. I don't.
0: Okay, good.
1: Until next time, the Danger Room is closed.